BYU football opens week two of spring ball. What to make of what we learned in week one. We'll get into that. We also hear an exclusive one-on-one conversation with BYU defensive back Malik Moore. Had a great chance to catch up with him. And also, BYU basketball, the season is over. The transfer portal opens. Let's dig into all of that on today's show. You are Locked On Cougars, your daily podcast on the BYU Cougars. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What's up, everybody? I'm Jake Hatch, your host here on Locked On Cougars, resident BYU insider. Thank you for making Locked On Cougars your first listen of the day. Always appreciate you guys making us a part of your day, no matter when you happen to be listening and or watching this. Uh, thank you for the support, as always. A uh, quick reminder that we're very proud to be part of the Locked On Podcast Network. The motto is your team every day, and as such, this is your only daily podcast focused on the BYU Cougars. All right, diving right in and getting started right away. BYU football opens week two of spring ball in Provo and the biggest thing I took away from week one is the BYU very much is still very much in install mode it felt like last year during spring ball for comparison's sake that last year with the defense and the offense having so much returning talent, I think it was what was it, 97% of their production was returning across the roster going into the 2022 season, that spring ball felt like it was just a time to sharpen up and work on a few things and get some of the younger guys opportunities to get reps. Fast forward now to spring of 2023, and it's a very very different feel and look for the BYU football program. And it's not a bad thing because obviously you had an influx of transfer portal talent, most notably guys like Keaton Slovis and Aiden Robbins, who are expected to help lead BYU's offense into the Big 12 era. But there's just a heightened sense of uh, just overall needing to be ready for what the Big 12 is going to bring to the table for the BYU football program. They understand what's at stake here. They, at least on everything that they say, everything I've heard, etc., BYU understands what they have to do as they get ready to join the Big 12 here. They know it's going to be a heightened level of play that's going to be required of them every single day. But more importantly, I think they understand that the preparation that is needed, it starts right now. Obviously, they're getting the defense installed. John Nelson told us Friday evening when we had a chance to catch up with him, he felt like the defense had about a third of what it's supposed to run installed. Uh, Guys like Keaton Slovis spoken to the media and said that he feels like he's very much uh, in kind of in the flow of BYU's offense. Aaron Roderick said that the offense is coming along. So I think things are progressing the right way. But by the end of spring ball, the hope is that both the offense and defensive philosophy slash identity are clearly identified. The overall install of the schemes, the responsibilities position by position, all that will be installed by then. And then the players can take the summer when they have their player-run practices and summer workouts to go out there and perfect their scheme and hopefully understand more about the defense. And then when they reconvene in August, they get right back after it as a football program. Uh, A couple of things I took away from Friday's uh, practice, for those of you who did not see my tweets on social media, if you're not on Twitter, uh, I, I understand that. But if you were on Twitter, you saw me tweet out some of my thoughts and my observations from day three 
three of BYU spring ball. But I'll run down a couple of the notes real quick for you guys. Uh, first thing is that Dom Henry, the former walk-on from Florida, guy who led the state of Florida in receiving his senior season before walking on at BYU. He's making plays. He's made plays in both media sessions that we've had a chance to watch last Monday and obviously this past Friday. Very nice catches, both of them. Won a 40-yard bomb from Keaton Slovis on Monday, and then a nice pass from Cade Fennigan. Uh, he actually had to adjust to it in midair to kind of catch it off balance, but made the snag, secured the catch, and picked up a nice gain. Kind of a, uh, I'd say like a 15-yard pickup, roughly, for him. Also, Ammon Hanneman had a nice uh, pass breakup in the defensive portion of practice for BYU on Friday. The nice part is guys like Ammon Hanneman, as well as guys like Isaiah Glasker, last year they were listed as defensive backs when we were playing the safety position for BYU. I think Jay Hill understands that these guys, even they might be a, a step slow to play the defense that he wants to play on the back end. So they moved them up to linebacker. A guy like Isaiah Glasker, who is six foot five, he can pack on 30 pounds and play at 230, 240 pounds and be a true linebacker if that's what ultimately comes to. But at the same time, they're also adapting the roles for these guys to fit their skill sets. And Ammon Hanneman had a nice pass breakup. I also like what Raider Dumuni is showing at safety for BYU. You're going to hear from Malik Moore here in just a moment. Had a great chat with him about what he is doing uh, in his second go-round as a senior for BYU in spring ball. And then across the offensive line, it's kind of the O-line that you would have expected. At left tackle, you've got Kingsley Suomata'ia, left guard Waylon Lapuaho, the USU transfer, Connor Pay reprising his role at center, then Ian Fitzgerald, the guy transferring from Missouri State, is at right guard, and Lisala Tai was at right tackle with the first stringers on Friday night. That's actually what I would have assumed going into spring ball. That, I thought, would be your first string offensive line. Now, the only caveat to that is is that Paul Miley, the grad transfer from the University of Utah, he is not available this spring. He's wearing a shoulder harness uh, and brace that it looks like he had shoulder surgery. He is not going to participate in spring ball, so obviously he'll have some catching up to do once it gets to training camp, but he would obviously factor into the race there. So the, the, overall, the overall tenor and tone I'm taking from BYU spring ball is that they're just they're getting after it. And the nice part is when they put the pads on on Friday, Kalani Satake uh, addressed this. He said, it finally is real football. Uh, the the whole helmets thing, trying to uh, draw uh, definitive declarations or make definitive declarations with guys just wearing football helmets and jerseys and shorts, you just can't do it. When the shoulder pads come on, they put on the football pads, that's when it really gets real. And as Kalani talked about, even if it's, uh, it's not necessarily uh, full 11-on-11 11 11 scrimmage, for offensive and defensive linemen, when you're in those drills and they're going at it, that's full fo- that's full contact football for them. They're going after it mano a mano and it's fun to watch that because I really enjoy what BYU is doing right now as they let their guys understand what the scheme is but at the same time they're trying to make them go out there and just make plays overall. Uh, I thought along the interior of the defensive line there's still major question marks there but the nice part is you're seeing some of them make plays. John Nelson has now moved inside to play defensive tackle for BYU. He said he's back up to the weight he started the season at last year. I, I think it was like 270 pounds last year at the start of the season, but he says he's got to pack on some more pounds to play D-tackle, so assume that he'll probably be working in the offseason to gain that weight. But other guys like Jackson Cravens, Atunai Samahe, they've had their moments along the interior of BYU's defensive line, but they need to make more plays. That's the biggest thing is this defensive line, John Nelson talked about it, is that the defensive line philosophy now is actually going to allow this defensive line to penetrate and make more plays than they ever were able to under the previous regime of BYU's defense with Lysa Tuiaki running things. It is now more 
more about making individual plays, but also working within your responsibilities versus guys along the defensive front, especially on the interior, sacrificing themselves to take up bodies so that uh, in, in, in the name of letting other guys make plays. If you can beat your guy to the position you're supposed to be in in this defense under Jay Hill, they're going to be okay with you making a play as a defensive tackle. You don't have to sacrifice, like I said, your body to let the linebacker or defensive end go out there and, and in theory, make the play. It, it is now, if you if your responsibility is taken care of, you you hold up your gap, you, you make sure that your responsibility is taken care of, and all of a sudden the play comes to you, go ahead and make that play. That is a very, very nice change, I think, for BYU's defense. The other thing about this from Friday is that BYU had three cornerbacks on the, on the field at one time to counter BYU's spread offense. Now, who they were were Jacob Robinson, Eddie Heckard, and Maury Bamba playing in any uh, sort of combo out there. Eddie Heckard uh, took most of the reps in the media portion at the slot cornerback position, and he's a guy who's very adept with his defense. He probably understands his defense better than anybody outside of, the, of Jay Hill because of his time playing for Jay up at Weber State. But the nice part is Jacob Robinson and Maury Bamba figured to be in the mix to see a lot of playing time in the two deep and or starting this year. But the nice part is if they can coexist all three of them playing together, that gives just yet another wrinkle to this BYU defense to go out there and show what they can do. So I'm pleased, I guess, my overall takeaway from the 45-ish, 50 minutes we've seen as a media core and what I'm hearing from our practice insiders is that BYU seems to be on track a week in. Obviously, there'll be two uh, more opportunities this week for BYU uh, in terms of media observation Wednesday night as well as uh, Friday afternoon, actually. They're actually going to have a kind of a matinee affair. It's going to be at noon, local. Local time, I think, down there in Provo. Uh, looking forward to getting back out there and seeing what else I can glean from practices. But I guess the overall message I'm passing along to you out there in Cougar Nation today is that BYU, yes, there's a lot of work to be done, but they've made a pretty solid dent in that a week end of spring ball and obviously expect them to continue to make lots of strides here in the coming weeks. And the nice part is uh, the spring game, the, I guess they're calling it a spring practice or scrimmage that will be taking place on March 31st. It'll be a nice benchmark, I feel like, for myself after having watched three or four weeks of BYU practice at that point, being able to show up there at LES, Lavelle Edwards Stadium, and watch BYU out there on the field. I'll be able to say, okay, what did I learn slash uh, what did I see that maybe uh, is kind of the fool's gold from practice and what is actually legit? Because the nice part is watching an entire scrimmage slash practice for BYU will be something that will only happen one time. And you out there, if you are able to get down to Provo on that Friday afternoon, you'll alongside myself will be able to observe it and learn for yourself but I'm excited to see as they progress through the spring ball period what else they can accomplish all right We'll uh, stay with the BYU football theme here uh, momentarily. Going to catch up with BYU safety uh, Malik Moore, a guy that I've always enjoyed talking to during his time at BYU. Had a great chat with him last week. We'll let you hear that conversation here in just a moment. First, a word on our friends over at Built Bar. Built Bar obviously has been with us for many, many years, and they do this every March. Obviously, the brackets are out. We'll talk a little bit about BYU hoops here in just a little bit, but the Built March Madness bracket is out. We know that uh, you have a favorite bar or puff if you've tried a Built Bar out there, and now it's your time to make it count. Go to BuiltMarchMadness.com to vote for your favorites, my friend. They've got a bracket out there, and you can guarantee I went and looked at it. I've got to say, some of my favorites, Cookie Dough Chunk Puff is in the mix here, Banana Cream Pie Puff. I'm a huge fan of the Mint Brownie Bar. It's actually a new one they just came out with. If you like uh, mint brownies, you'd love that one. And also, the Cookie Dough Bar is back, but they've got a million other ones. Coconut Brownie Bar is out there. If you have a favorite, and I, I've got like four or five, I feel like, and you want them to win 
win? Well, you need to get to BuiltMarchMadness.com to place your vote now. And when you vote for your bar, favorite bar or puff, you'll be entered into a window of drawing where 50 locked-on listeners will win a free box of Built Bars. Think about that. Free box of Built Bars. Not only that, but one locked-on fan will win a 12-month subscription to Built where you will have Built's best bars and puffs delivered monthly straight to your door. An entire year's supply from our friends at Built Bar, my friends. You got to try Built. It is the best protein bar ever. Seriously, they're amazing. You will not think they are that good for you, but they're absolutely incredible. For starters, they're all high in protein, low in sugar, and covered in 100% real chocolate. That's right. Real chocolate, my friends. Give them a shot. That's BuiltMarchMadness.com to place your vote for your favorite bar or puff and pick up a box while you're there using the promo code LOCKEDON15 to save 15% on that order there. But once again, you can vote every day in March, so hop in and support your pick today and get enjoying the best tasting protein bars with our friends at Built Bar. Thank you once again for making Locked On Cougars your first listen of the day. I want to encourage you guys to grab your bracket and go listen to the Locked On College Basketball Bracket Breakdown Show with national analysis and the insights from local experts. The Locked On College Basketball Bracket Breakdown has everything to help you need to make your most informed decisions on your bracket and hopefully win whatever pool you happen to enter. Find the episode on Locked On College Basketball wherever you get your podcast. It's also available on YouTube. Time now to let you guys hear an exclusive one-on-one conversation with myself and Malik Moore. I had a chance to catch up with him at practice last week. So here you go. Malik Moore with myself right here on the Locked On Cougars podcast. You're back here for another year. I, I don't think you necessarily anticipated coming back this nah. year. <laughs> but obviously injuries obviously change plans. Yeah. But how does it feel to be opening spring ball once again? It feels good, bro. It feels like a uh, like another chance, you know, mm-hmm. in life. It's like um, another opportunity for me to go out and showcase my skills since I wasn't able to do that for a full season last year. And it's no better opportunity than to be in the Big 12 against constant competition every single week. So for me, I'm excited. You know, this is just day one, step one, you know, of getting better, getting stronger, you know, getting the plays right. So. Injury combined with the fact you could play in the Big 12, how big of that factor was that in deciding to come back for another year? Yeah, it was a big decision, too. And it was like I talked to a whole bunch of people, and they all said, if you have years, mm-hmm. Take them all, bro. Yeah. Like this, it doesn't last forever. Yeah. I graduated high school at 17, so it was a it was a blessing that I'm still young. Mm-hmm. I'm only you know 22, so a lot of a lot of cats who are in my position are you know 24, are going 20, 23, going on 24, 24 going on 25. So I'm blessed to kind of be younger and then still be able to have another year to you know do what I got to do. Now, you're a guy who's a veteran now in this defensive backfield. How much better do you think you've gotten from last year to this year? Yeah, it's a, it's, again, it's a lot more film study. And then with the whole new, with the whole new defense, it's mm-hmm. a new way of thinking. So I got to be able to, you know, read the linemen while paying attention to the formation and telling everybody what to do. You know, it's more of a, um, it's a, it's a lot more responsibility that I have now, you know, being a veteran and then also learning a new defense and having to, guide a lot of young people who are on our team right now so um, I know it's a challenge but I mean those only make you stronger so how's coach Hill like what's, what's your overall impression of him I so love far? coach Hill. I mean I'm not saying that because he's the safest coach <laughs> you're trying to suck up we get it yeah but it, it's it's um he, he brings a new he brings a new energy he brings a new mentality a new mindset um a new a new a new um energy a new new level of like discipline okay, you know it. like okay. he, it's just the team, the, the, the standard is so much higher. Mm-hmm. Um, I guess to, his standard is a lot is a lot higher. His standard, um, I sounded like I'm just some other coaches, but I'm really not because yeah. they did it their way. Mm-hmm. He's bringing his own way, you know? Mm-hmm. And uh, as you can see, practice is totally different. Yeah. You know, I'm, we're getting ones. If you're a one, you're getting a lot more reps and you're going harder, harder, and harder. 
but everyone's going harder, you know. But uh, I don't know, I love Coach Hill. He brings a new everything to the table, and he's taught me a lot just in these few months he's been my coach. So. How much of a change will it be for you in terms of just your position responsibilities, do you think? Um, it's a lot more change because I, we're going to have to be able to, you know, play every position because yeah. they want us to know every position, you know. Okay. Like, we're in a film room, we're, we're teaching the whole, I, me and, you know, they, for instance, me and Micah, we had to go up to the class and, yeah. or the, the, the room and yeah. we had to teach everybody what every single position was doing. And that type even of, like D line, and even D line. Okay. So it's like when I'm out there, I know you know what the D line's doing. I know what the linebacker should be doing. I know what the corner should be doing. So like, we're just so much more in tune into everything. Yes, there's a lot more to think about, but that's what spring ball's for. Yeah, you know we can mess up, but it doesn't like how Coach Jay Hill says. It's not where you start; it's where you finish. So go ahead and mess up now, but don't let that mistake keep happening. Let's build and let's you know create something special here and that's what he's trying to do and I think that's what we can do here we just keep going on, a, on the pace of that. Last thing for me, NIL. You've been the guy who's been with the wing stuff yeah. for quite a while. Yeah. Is that still <laughs> is that still ongoing? Like So yeah, it's not like a like a big public thing where I'm still posting sure, about yeah, it, yeah. but um, me and the uh, wing stuff down in Provo have yeah. a good relationship so um, you know I'll leave it at that. I got well, my little you go in there I got a little <laughs> Got a little jersey in this. Short, but like <laughs> NIL wise, is it is it like has it worked out the way you kind of envisioned it could work out for you? It's been about a year and a half um, plus now. I mean, for me, yeah. yeah, because I'm not I'm not a crazy big person. I don't I don't have 20k followers on Instagram. I don't sure. have you know 10k. So it's like I'm not getting these super mega deals. But there's a community here that you know will help you out because I'm not so. Yeah, NIL was good. Like the wing stop thing happened uh -huh. because what we're doing right now. You sure, yeah, yeah. It, it just came, and I, you know, they, they liked the personality that I had. But with me, it's like I'm not even worried about NIL because if someone really wants you, they're going to find you and they're going to get you. I'm so much worried about the people that I can meet mm -hmm. that's going to give me that six figure job mm -hmm. when I leave here because football lasts, don't last forever. So I need, you know, whoever's going to give me that six figure job, whoever's going to, you know, <laughs> teach me the ropes and learn because there's so much stuff I want to do. It's like you can say you want to be an entrepreneur, but. You know, that's what I want to do, and I really want to get into that world. So, I don't know. Uh, NIO's cool, uh -huh. but that stuff's going to come. I'll wait till the league till I get those big money sponsorships. All right, business owners, you heard it here first. He wants you know, to work with you. Yeah, I want to work with you. Hopefully, you going to work for me one day. There you go, Malik Moore, BYU defensive back. Always appreciate him taking the time. We'll have more of those conversations coming up. I've actually got one uh, that we're working on right now, editing down a little bit. Atunai Samahe, a guy I talked about with the interior of BYU's defensive line, a guy that's expected to take on a bigger role for BYU. Uh, we'll have that conversation for you guys here later on in the week. But coming up next, we round out the show with a look back at the weekend that was in BYU sports. Track and field, baseball, men's volleyball. Also, basketball finds out, or does not find out, I guess what I should say their postseason fate we'll get to all of that in mere moments first a word on our friends over at FanDuel my friends and of course the NBA season is coming on the home stretch and obviously March Madness is here now is the time for you guys to get involved with our friends over at FanDuel America's number one sports sports book is available to you now and the best part is they're offering all of our new customers a no sweat first bet that is bonus bets back if your first bet doesn't win you heard about it you don't win you get these bonus bets from our friends at FanDuel just download the FanDuel sportsbook app today it's safe secure and super easy to use. And the best part is you can bet on anything and everything you're looking for. Money line, spread, total points scored, player points, rebounds, assists, no matter what it is, whether it's a, a prop bet or beyond, they've got it for you guys over at FanDuel. The best part is FanDuel even lets you combine your bets for a bigger chance at a payout from our, uh, a bigger payout, excuse me, with the same game parlay uh, from our friends at uh, FanDuel. So don't miss out on the chance to get your 
first no sweat first bet right now from our friends at FanDuel. Go to FanDuel.com slash locked on to get started today. Once again, that's FanDuel.com slash locked on to learn more now. Make every moment more with FanDuel and a for, official sports betting partner of the NBA. Today's show is also brought to you by our friends over at UCCU. UCCU has opened a new branch in Vineyard. To celebrate, UCCU is giving away a 2023 Kawasaki Terex for UTV. The new branch offers all the benefits of a UCCU branch, multiple drive-up lanes, a 24-hour ATM, and UCCU's brand new interactive teller machines, or ITM for short, which provides all the benefits of meeting with a real-life UCCU professional, either in the branch or right from your vehicle, my friends. It's a virtual connection to a remote with a highly personalized audio and video connection. So to celebrate with UCCU, enter to win that 2023 Kawasaki Terex 4 UTV. The winner will be announced in April, but the entry deadline is the end of this month, my friends, March 31st. So just days left for you to get in on this giveaway on that 2023 Kawasaki Terex 4 UTV. Stop by the UCCU branch in Vineyard or enter to win at uccu.com. Hurry, you don't have to be a member of UCCU to enter, but you only have a limited time. March 31st is the deadline. There's also no purchase necessary to win either. Once again, that's UCCU. Love where you bank. Thank you once again for making Locked On Cougars your first listen of the day. Always appreciate you guys being a part of the show, making it a part of your day. All right, we got a few things to run down before we go on today's show. Let's start off with BYU basketball uh, real quick. BYU will not be playing in the postseason, and today, Monday, is the open of the NCAA transfer portal for college basketball. I would expect, I don't know uh, off the top of my head, I have not heard, but I would expect you'll probably see a a few names from BYU enter the portal. I'm not going to prognosticate on who it might be. I think most of you probably can guess as to who it might be, but uh, I would assume you'll probably see some names leave BYU. It's just kind of the nature of college college basketball. It doesn't mean necessarily that they're unhappy with BYU. They're just they're looking for their best opportunity to further their careers, and I can understand that. The thing about this is BYU's not alone. You're going to see thousands, and I mean thousands of names across the 350 whatever NCAA Division I basketball teams. I have announcements from guys up and down those rosters entering the portal. Mark Pope and his uh, team, his, his coaching staff are going to have to go out there and do work in the portal to revamp this roster. My biggest caution uh, from Mark Pope is is to not turn over the roster too much. He has turned it over to a large degree the last two off-seasons. 12 new guys last year in particular, and did it yield anything? No. Actually, the worst season of his four seasons in charge of BYU basketball came as a result of that. I would try and keep as many of the young guys on this roster, Dallin Hall, Richie Saunders, Fusini Traore, Tiki Ali Tiki, on down that list. Keep that young talent intact at BYU and work with them. Develop those guys and make them the backbone of what you're going to do going into the Big 12 Conference. It is going to be a very a tough time for BYU initially in the Big 12. Honestly, watching the NCAA selection uh, show yesterday, I've got to be honest, I was kind of thinking about when is the next time I'm going to see BYU up in one of those graphics? Is it four, five, six, ten years down the road as members of the Big 12? It's going to be very difficult for BYU to compete. The nice part is the Big 12 got seven of their ten teams, if I recall correctly, into the NCAA tournament. So if you are in anywhere near the uh, top half of the Big 12, you're likely going to be contending to make the NCAA tournament, but... BYU right now, do you have faith that they can make that run in year one of the Big 12? I do not. But the transfer portal giveth, the transfer portal taketh, and hopefully BYU can build upon some of the things that they have from this past season, the young talent core that seemed to be intact, 
and build around that versus completely overhauling this roster. Now, the other thing we learned yesterday is McNeese State hired former LSU head coach Will Wade as their head coach. Well, according to Juco advocate Brandon Goble, he said that Cahill Fennell, the new assistant that BYU brought on board just this past season, was in the running for that head coaching position at McNeese. So very interesting that Cahill Fennell is already getting attention as an assistant, uh, as a guy for a head coaching position, but he's a highly thought of young coach. I think BYU will revamp their coaching staff at least to, uh, to a, 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 a uh, I'm gonna say a minimal degree. They're gonna have to bring in some different bodies, some different voices, that type of stuff. I think Cahill Fennell is a guy who's very uh, firmly stuck at BYU unless he gets a head coaching opportunity and decides to move on, or if he just decides he wants to move on after this season. There, there, there is a need for new voices in that locker room player and coach-wise, and hopefully that'll come to fruition. But yes, BYU will not be participating in the postseason. I think we all kind of anticipated that, but you never knew. Uh, with the NIT, they're always looking for uh, crowds that'll show up. And BYU basketball fans, uh, y'all are some hardy folks. And I, I think that kept BYU maybe a little more in the mix than we might have thought, but Ultimately, they're not going to be a part of the NIT. And also, the women's team, though, did get an invite to the Women's National Invitational Tournament. They will learn uh, what seed and where they are playing today at some point. I'll have more for you guys on that on tomorrow's show right here on the podcast. All right, a couple of notes before we go on today's show is congratulations to the BYU men's and women's track and field teams. The women's team ranked number 17 in the country closed its weekend of the 2023 NCAA Indoor Track and Field Championships with 10 All-Americans, six of them first-teamers. So congratulations uh, to the women's team. And on the men's side of things, the men ranked number 23 in the country, finished with eight All-American honors, including seven first-team honors. Casey Klinger was kind of the high marks of all of them, finishing second in the 5,000 meters on Friday and then fourth in the 3,000 meters on Saturday. So congratulations to the living legend, Casey Klinger. He's a guy who's been a cross-country legend for BYU, now getting it done on the track side of things. Uh, the, op- the funny thing is the indoor season ends this week, and then next week is the Open of the outdoor season. It's crazy to think, but that's how things go in track and field. You close one season and you open one the week following, but looking forward to seeing BYU back on the track and field on the outdoor side of things coming up next week. Now, also... BYU baseball had a rough weekend in uh, Kansas. Uh, they played Creighton in Lawrence, Kansas at Hogland Ballpark, losing 8-6 on Friday, and then getting blown out 15-5 on Saturday in their shortened two-game series. Uh, BYU will return to action tomorrow night when they welcome Utah to Miller Park for the first installment of the rivalry series against the Utes. Uh, first pitch in that game set for 5 o'clock. It'll be on the BYU TV app and also BYU radio. And then finally, BYU men's volleyball had a successful weekend, hosting number 15, Ohio State. The 8th ranked Cougars took care of business beating uh, the Buckeyes 3-1 on Friday and then surviving in a 5-set thriller on Saturday winning at 3-2. I did not realize this by the way folks. Uh, so starting this past weekend, BYU does not have a single remaining road match in MPSF play. They will welcome Pepperdine this weekend. Then they will take uh, the following weekend that welcome USC into the, into the Smithfield House. They'll have a bye week the following that, and then they will finish up uh, play in MPSF play on April 14th and 15th against Stanford. So there's a heavy home schedule here for BYU men's volleyball. And if you've ever wanted to support one of the sports that I think is highly underrated in terms of its fan appeal, go out and watch BYU men's volleyball. It's a really, really fun deal. Uh, this coming weekend, it'll be uh, Friday and Saturday against Pepperdine in the Smithfield House. 7 o'clock starts on both of those. Looking forward 
uh, to those going down this weekend. So there you go. Uh, that is the rundown of where uh, things stand for BYU. Oh, and I also, okay, I screwed this up. I had the wrong thing pulled up, so I apologize for that. But let's pull this up right now. Uh, BYU also, we're looking back at all 155 games of BYU's independent era. We talked about the start of the 2014 season on our Friday edition of the show against Connecticut. Uh, Taysom Hill was absolutely just lights out. Well, uh, BYU did then traveled to Texas on Saturday, September 6th, 2014. I was in Texas. It was an absolutely incredibly hot day. I remember down there in Austin. I think I drank two gallons of water. I was carrying a, a gallon jug of water with me. And I think I downed that thing twice just in the heat down there in Austin. There's no joke. It, it gets really, really hot in Austin, Texas. But BYU went up against the Longhorns for the second straight season. Obviously, Texas was smarting a little bit. They had a new head coach with Charlie Strong taking over uh, the head coaching position after Mac Brown stepped down the previous season. Well, it didn't matter because Taysom Hill just absolutely dominated once again. He ended up completing 18 of 28 passes for 181 yards, but more importantly, 24 carries, 99 yards, and three touchdowns. And many of you will recall that famous leap that he, uh, the safety went low. Taysom went uh, just airborne, went right over the top of him, trotted in the end zone. Just It was absolutely an incredible performance, and BYU was on their way. They were leading 6-0 at halftime. I remember being pretty nervous watching in the upper deck of uh, DKR Memorial watching that game with some of my buddies uh, as I had traveled down there with them. But in the third quarter, BYU just came alive. 28 points. They had seven more in the fourth, running away with a 41-7 route of the Texas Longhorns, just absolutely embarrassing Texas on their home field. The crazy thing about this was it just it, it, it felt like, okay, if Taysom can do this against Texas, obviously we thought that UConn okay, might have been a little bit of an exception, but he backed it up with a marvelous performance against Texas. What would the future hold uh, for BYU with Taysom leading the way for BYU? Well, we were about to find out in coming days and weeks, and obviously a devastating injury just a few weeks later would obviously put a damper on the season for BYU, but you you will never forget. If you were at that game or watching this game, speaking of the Texas game in 2014, you'll always remember that play, the iconic leap for Taysom Hill. It's been reprinted a million times, it feels like, in photos. It's one of those iconic photos for BYU football in their history. I I. I I, honestly, if there are photos that I would like to collect for my BYU collection, that is one of them that I would absolutely add to the collection. And maybe at some point down the road, I'll be lucky enough to do so. So there you go. You are now caught up on everything going on in BYU sports. And obviously another look back yet another one of the 155 games that BYU has played as an independent football program is get you ready for Big 12 play coming up later this fall. But nonetheless, thank you once again for making us your first listen of the day. Hope you guys are all doing fantastic out there. Would encourage you now to make your second listen our friends over at the Locked On Big 12 podcast. It's your way to get caught up on everything going on in the Big 12. Look at the brackets for the Big 12 and the seven teams playing in March Madness. Also on the women's side of things will be covered as well. Get that free and available wherever you get your podcasts. It's also available on YouTube. So until tomorrow, my friends, have a great rest of your day. This has been the Locked On Cougars podcast. See ya.